This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. All right, what's up? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. Welcome to another episode of the podcast and another week here on the Learn Jazz Standards podcast. We got a lot of really great episodes coming your way. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts because one of the answers to these questions that uh, are being asked here on the show this week could be something that changes the trajectory of your jazz playing, maybe in a small way or in a big way. Either way, here to serve you guys answering your questions five days a week. Today, we have a really great question, a music theory question from Gerald. Let's give it a listen. Where in a chord progression is the bebop scale appropriate to use? All right, the bebop scale. All right, so I'm going to talk a little bit after I go over the bebop scale a little bit here, my thoughts on the bebop scale and its application for jazz. So bear with me uh, on that. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in one second, but let's first of all talk about uh, what the bebop scale is. So first of all, the bebop scale is a, a scale that attempts to theorize the sounds that you hear in the jazz style of bebop, right? And so just to catch anyone up to speed who's unfamiliar what bebop is, bebop is sort of the dialect of jazz, if you will, the language of jazz that emerged in the 1940s, you know, based off of the way that Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie and the likes were playing, right? It was a moment in time with jazz where it went from being popular music, um, danceable swing music, right? With the big bands, think Duke Ellington, Count Basie, so on and so forth, Benny Goodman. And then it went to more of a a virtuosic, heavily improvisation-based kind of music, uh, where we have more angular melodies, uh, more chromaticism. And so the bebop scale is just uh, a music theory tool to help conceptualize some of that. So let's talk about the different kinds of bebop scales that exist. So first of all, if we have a major seventh chord, uh, we can play a major bebop scale. Okay. Now, bebop scales in, again, theoretical practice are descending scales. So the scale starts on the root. So in this case, I'm playing a C major seven, and it walks down the scale. But a bebop scale adds a passing tone. Okay, uh, in this case, a chromatic passing tone. So it would be C, B is the seventh of the scale, A is the sixth of the scale. Then we have A flat. Now, A flat is the passing tone. It's a chromatic passing tone that resolves to the G, which is the fifth, then F, which is the fourth, E is the third, D is the second, and C is the root. So it sounds like this. 
right? Again. So essentially, it is a descending major scale, but with a flatted six as a passing tone being added to it. Okay, so this idea of chromatic passing tones is really what to focus on here. The next kind of bebop scale that can be played is over top of dominant seventh chords, okay? So in this case, since we're in the key of C, I'm going to play uh, a G7, okay? Okay, so G7. And we also call this the Mixolydian bebop scale because we essentially can play the Mixolydian mode, uh, which is basically like playing the C major scale in this case, except for starting on the G or on the fifth tone of the scale. So we would start again the note on G, right? Where we would start that we're going descending. So we go G, but this time we're going to do a passing tone here with the G flat going down to the flat seven, which is F. Okay. So in other words, we're basically adding a major seven here into the scale. So it sounds like this. Okay. So there's the passing tone ending on the root, right? Again, descending. You can hear that sound. So it's like playing the Mixolydian mode or the fifth mode of the C major scale in this case, but with that pa chromatic passing tone, which is the major seventh connecting from the root to the flat seven. Okay. Um, now, of course, there are the minor scales that we have to deal with here. So, for example... We could play, again, let's say we're still in the key of, of C. So let's say we have a D minor seventh chord, okay? So a minor seventh chord here. Well, in the case if we're thinking about this D minor seven as a two chord, well, we could think of playing a Dorian mode, which, again, if you're not familiar with the modes, that's okay, but it's really just the second mode of the major scale, meaning we're starting and ending the C major scale, in this case, on D, the second tone. So we can play this scale uh, like this, right? And now where's the passing tone here? So the passing tone, it occurs here on the second note. Right, you can hear that sound. And of course, there are all the other minor scales. Just to kind of gloss through this a little bit here, for example, we could play, if we're having the C minor seventh chord here as the one chord instead uh, that we're playing, we could play the melodic minor scale, right? So again, this is us playing a melodic minor scale descending, but we're going to add a passing tone. So in this case, it would be like this. And that passing tone was there again on the flat six. So it goes C, B natural, A, and then A flat, almost like we're doing the major, right? G, F, but then we do the E flat for the minor third, right? And we can play that over top of a C minor seventh quarter, of course, if we want to be exact, a C minor major seven, right? So what I want you to take from all this, well... Depending on what chord you're playing, you can play the corresponding bebop scale, right? 
um, you could string them together if you wanted with chord progressions. So D minor seven to G seven to C major seven. Well, you could play the the D Dorian um, uh, bebop scale. You could play the G mixolydian bebop scale, and you could play the C mixolydian. Sorry, it's a C major bebop scale. So. The thing that I want to end this episode on, though, is talking about the actual practical application of the bebop scale. And here's what I think. I think that the bebop scale is really just a great way to get the concept of chromatic passing tones under your fingers and into your understanding, okay? The idea of this chromatic passing tones and the fact that this is used in jazz and, yes, oftentimes in a descending pattern, not always, but it is in descending patterns. So really it's more to me a feeling and an understanding thing of an element of bebop jazz language. But I personally dislike probably among most of the scales out there, I dislike the use of the bebop scale in a direct application to improvisation. Okay. In general, scales, we have to remember, are just constructs and tools to conceptualize idea. And they're really great for working on technique on your instrument. And again, they're great if your brain thinks about, hey, what note choices do I have to make? But that's really, to me, where most scales ends. Because after that, if we're just trying to think, okay, play the C major bebop scale here, or the the G dominant bebop scale here... We're thinking about a linear pattern versus like here is a palette of notes we get to choose from. And it can be difficult, especially for some of our brains, to break away from that understanding. So instead, it's almost like, you know, rather just think of like the idea of chromatic passing tones like this. Right? Like... That's more of the way to think about it, is experimenting, even just in C major, right? Playing these chromatic passing tones, rather than thinking, let's play the bebop scale, and oh, on the major bebop scale, we flat the six as the chromatic passing tone, as if it's, it's, a, it's a rule. I don't resonate with that very much, and I get fearful that that concept gets lost in, and folks start focusing on that too much instead of what the general takeaway should be, which is, hey, there's chromatic passing tones in jazz language. Here's how that feels with this scale. Um, Here are some of the note choices that can be had on a Dorian minor, for example, or a melodic minor, for example. But after that, it's like, let's try to create melodies out of this thing. So that's how to use bebop scales in jazz and just keep all this in mind and especially the 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 whole concept of scales not being overused for improvisation. Nothing wrong with them, they're not evil. They're just to be, you know, a big a big asterisk put on those of this is how we should really think and use scales, especially the bebop scale. All right my friends, that's all for today's episode. Remember that knowledge without action isn't knowledge at all. Remember that a lot of practice time is not near as good as a little bit of really good practice. So my friends, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We have another great episode coming out tomorrow. Until then, happy practicing and cheers.
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.